1: Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Dr. Diane Hennessy powell She's a neuropsychiatrist, and she is the author of The ESP Enigma, The Scientific Case for Psychic Phenomena. Diane, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Diane, you've been doing a lot of research on psychic phenomena, which includes many, many different aspects of it, telepathy, clairvoyance, psychokinesis, you know, all of it. But we're not seeing the reports of the research that is available out there, which you have really put into your book. You have really named some of that research. That's very, very exciting, but most of us don't know anything about that. So can you say, what is going on with science and why we don't hear about the research available?
2: I trained as a psychiatrist. And during my training, I was taught that people who believe that they are able to read other people's minds or that they are having people read theirs, that, that that's a sign of psychosis. It wasn't until I met a patient who actually started telling me things about myself that she had no way of knowing and telling me about things that would happen in the future that all happened to come true, that I started to look at this issue of... Just because someone has a diagnosis with a bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or autism or something else doesn't mean that what they're saying is all irrational. Sometimes what they're telling you is true. And so I wanted to know, is there any evidence for these phenomena? And then what I did was I found out that there is, and there is so much evidence out there, that in 1972, Arthur Kessler wrote a book in which he made the statement that he thought that ESP was on the verge of being accepted conclusively. Not only was the evidence there, but if you look at modern physics and what it describes, what psychic phenomena is, is what you would expect if we as human beings could consciously experience some of the weirdness that people see in the quantum world. So, Diane,
1: why is science still lagging? I mean, he thought that this is going to be accepted very shortly, but still science as a whole, as a community, does not accept it. It's still fringe.
2: It's still off the center mark. Most scientists trust what they hear from others. And so if they're hearing from others that there's nothing to this evidence, then they don't go to look at it. And what's quite telling are some of the experiences that people who are parapsychologists like Rupert Sheldrake have had. Um, Rupert sent me an email and he talked about a debate in which he was with Richard Dawkins And Richard Dawkins had no interest in looking at the evidence that Rupert had. And yet he's a highly funded scientist who has a huge influence on a lot of people. And what they're saying that they're doing is that they're keeping science rational and keeping the woo-woo out. But in reality, what they're doing is they're blocking what are inroads to really understanding more about consciousness.
1: So, are, are we saying that some scientists are just saying this is the way it is and they're accepting some paradigm that has already actually been exploded, but
2: they don't even know it? That's correct. And it's because of the fact that you can't, as a scientist, get your articles published in a paper without it going through a peer review process. And so what's happened is, is there's been a huge embargo, basically, of this information by your scientific journals that scientists read. And so the publications are in the journal for the Society for Psychological Research. They're in these journals that basically other parapsychologists read, but otherwise it's like this isolated world from the rest of science. But also, Diane, if it then comes into mainstream
1: science, it's going to just blow up our whole idea of just what consciousness is and where consciousness resides, wouldn't you say?
2: I would say that people are more afraid of the paradigm shift than they should be. People should be embracing the new paradigm that I think the evidence is showing that is emerging.
1: What would be the benefit of embracing it?
2: I believe that we innately have certain survival skills. I think that being telepathic with people you love, I think that being able to see a little bit into the future and prevent events that can happen are very highly useful skills. And there's so much evidence that we were born with them. So why are we putting our money into technology to do certain things rather than putting it into the technology that is our own consciousness in our own being and each other.
1: Wait, Diane, I'm just getting the image. If we truly expanded our awareness of our telepathic, our innate telepathic abilities, then what if we're sitting at a table of nations and we're discussing war and peace and we're really telepathic and we really know where the other person is coming from, then it just seems like it would erase all the barriers. It would make peace talks so much more vibrant
2: and truthful. Yeah, I I think that the potential for better communication for more harmonious communication, for less of the miscommunication that occurs all of the time. And we are living in a time when people are very polarized. So we have the opposite of what's needed. What we need is to be finding our common ground and finding our connecting points and working from there. Instead, what's happening is people are becoming more and more isolated. And when and I say isolated, they're not isolated in terms of being just by themselves. They've got their social media. They've got their connections. But I mean isolated in the sense that... A, the realm of ideas, because I've seen that you have the basic scientists. What they're doing is something that a lot of clinicians in the field, after they've trained in science, they stop studying basic science. I continued to study basic science, but a lot of people, the basic science they remember is basic science from 20, 30 years ago, and it has changed enormously. And we need that to inform our clinical sciences. And then you have the parapsychologists who have this whole body of literature and amazing research that's been done. In fact, I found this article on autistic children who are telepathic, and then that's led to some other articles going back to 1938, where other people have done the research that I'm doing now. So, But I wouldn't have found that if I hadn't had friends who are parapsychologists who have access to these old archives. And so what we have is we have the people who don't believe in this this new paradigm, they have all the funding. And then the people who do believe in this new paradigm and see its hope, we don't have the funding. In fact, we have funding against us.
1: So that leads me to the idea that you're really putting forth a project that you would like to see Funded that would help to bring forth this idea in a very cogent way and a
2: very sophisticated way. Well, the project is called the Telepathy Project. And what I'm doing is I'm investigating children who have been reported to be highly telepathic. And these children are nonverbal and severely autistic. They have a strong motivation to be in communication with their family members, their caregivers, who also have a strong motivation to be in communication with them. So a nonverbal child would be a setting in which you'd think, okay, there's that's a really strong motivation. If we have an innate ability as humans, then you would think that setup would bring it out. On top of that, children with autism have this ability to do things that are so extraordinary and to such an extreme degree. So, for example, the savants, the mathematical savants who can solve complex equations. And a lot of them, their skills really sound a lot like psychic abilities because when you ask them, how did you know this information, they they say it was just in their head. It just popped into their consciousness. They didn't derive it. So I was contacted after I had this hypothesis that an autistic child who's nonverbal would be the one who could demonstrate this to the highest degree that science demands because in order to get this into a mainstream science article, it has to be impeccably done. And what I want to do is go and film this child who I've already got some preliminary video. It was not the ideal setup, but I saw enough who convinced me that it's worth spending the time to develop the rapport with her and to help her demonstrate what she's already demonstrated to two therapists and three psychiatrists. I just need to get it on film, and I have no reason to believe that these therapists and psychiatrists are lying about what she can do. There are also children in other parts of the world who have the same phenomenon going on where their parents also say they're telepathic. So by going around and filming these children doing scientific experiments with utmost attention to the protocol and then creating a documentary that will be one that is funded by people, not funded by corporations or the government, but funded by people who really want to see this happen. And so because crowdfunding campaigns um, require that you do give a product, the, the, the most natural thing to say you were going to do is to create a film because the experimental proof is actually going to be video.
1: Exactly. So if people want to know how to contact you and to plug into that particular project, they can go to your website. Is that right? Yes. It's com and I'll spell Hennessy H-E-N-N-A-C-Y Diane Hennessy Powell.com. Or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. Diane, I want to thank you for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I've been speaking with Dr. Diane Hennessy Powell. She's a neuropsychiatrist and the author of the ESP Enigma The Scientific Case for Psychic Phenomena. I'm Justine willis toms Thank you so much for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe, and I invite you to join us again.
0: You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member,